hey guys, so sorry for the delay this week. It was such a busy weekend. This was a bigger episode. And yes, the rumors are true. I did see Robert Zomber in concert. It was awesome. I had so much fun. We dig through the ditches. We burn through the witches. And we flip through the pages of Fangoria. That's right. I'm going to be a good affiliate and talk about Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. They have been delivering quality magazines since 1979, featuring exclusive articles about your favorite monsters and up-and-coming terrors. Each collectible issue is sure to delight with fright. Be sure to check out the Fangoria store website for subscriptions and a bunch of cool merch. And while you're there, use promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. That's right, 20% off your entire order. Applies to subscription and one-time orders. Applies to the first subscription order only. Now, it's time to talk about the greatest movie ever made. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're going to need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Woody Die Podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by horror artist, the immensely talented Matt Cassell. Hello, thank you for having me, Austin. I'm so excited you're here. For everyone listening, we literally met about a month ago at the Motor City Nightmare Convention, and then met again That's at Horror right. Hound in Indy, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I wasn't expecting to see you a couple weeks ago at Horror Hound in Indianapolis, but it was uh, such a pleasant surprise. Today, we're talking the greatest movie ever made. It's Jaws. And I 100% stand by that statement. I know it's bold, but honestly, I don't think it's that bold. It's not bold. It's not bold. I don't think there's that many contenders. (laughs) It's the original blockbuster. Right. It's the OG. And it changed literally everything. It truly did. I should have known. When I met you, I noticed you had your necklace on. You had a shark tooth. And I didn't put it together that it, that it was because of Jaws. You know, I just, you know, sometimes you see people wearing shark tooth. Yeah. But I should have known because <laughs> we were at a horror convention. And of course, you know, of course you're a Jaws fan. I mean, I did buy your Jaws print like right away too. <laughs> Is that the only one that you got? Or you bought a couple, didn't you? I took advantage for the, the buy one. I think it was a buy one, get one half off sale you were doing. That's, um, just, I got... that's standard, standard practice. <laughs> I mean, I worked retail for a bit, so I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a good deal. Yeah, I got Jaws and I got Scream. Oh, okay, cool. Very so, cool. Which, those are in my top three favorite scary movies of all time. They're great. Like... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had this conversation in Detroit. Yeah. Because I was like, I think we were talking about perfect movies, right? Jaws mm-hmm. is a perfect movie. Scream, though. I think you said is a perfect movie. and I stand by that. I, yeah. And I thought, nah, uh-uh. I don't think it's perfect. But then we talked and I was like, okay, yeah, I think it is perfect, actually. <laughs> it's not my favorite, yeah. but I do think that it, it does exactly what it needs to do and leaves no fat on the bone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And it's like a perfect movie doesn't have to be anyone's favorite movie. It just needs to do it. Like you said, do exactly what it wants to do. Cause like jaws and scream. And I'm going to throw in one. I think is perfect. 
Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I think those are all perfect movies. They're completely different movies. If I judge Back to the Future on what Scream wants to be, then Back mm-hmm. to the Future sucks. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, right. Right. Like Back to um, the Future is a horrible slasher. <laughs> uh yeah, although the second one had a few moments of like kind of weird creepiness going when he goes to the alternate timeline and you know that you're right that's true and you know when i was a kid the scene where marty's uh not disintegrating but kind of fading away and you see his hand like his the original yeah that freaked me out when i was a kid yeah too yeah (laughs) yeah but but you're right that is a perfect film i a couple other perfect ones i think peewee's big adventure perfect movie Mm -hmm. halloween Oh, yeah. And Star Wars, I think, are all perfect. It's funny because like and I think and I think perfect movies like because everything's subjective, too. So it's like someone's probably listening and they're like, well, they didn't say any perfect movies. And they think, I don't know, The Dark Knight's a perfect movie, which. okay, sure. That's actually a really good movie. I don't know why I use that as an example, but you know what I'm, it's so funny. Opinions are weird. Yeah. I I mean, it is an opinion, but I'm really trying to be objective with those. And I, with those films that we're talking about. And it's like, I'm trying to think of like a movie I don't really like, but I also think I wouldn't change anything about it, but it's hard. It's hard. That's a tough assignment. Yeah. Star Wars is an interesting pick because I do agree there's nothing I would change about that original. But then I also think Empire is an improvement. So I'm like, is Star Wars perfect? Or is well, Star Wars and Empire just completely different, even though they come right one after the other? Because you can't have yeah, Empire, Empire without Star Wars. Right. And and Star Wars set the, the groundwork. It did. Exactly. It, it did all the heavy lifting. And I mean, it created the world. Right. Like, that in and of itself. And the fact that it's a complete movie. Like The Empire Strikes Back is... It's is, not well, a complete movie. It's not the beginning or the end. It's it's just a right. middle segment. Um, a really good middle segment. Like taking it for exactly what it is. Is it a perfect movie? I don't think so. It yeah. might be better. But it's not perfect. It, I see, and that's, very... I love... This is a fun conversation because now we're getting into like the nitty gritty. You know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very um, ambiguous sort of yeah. criteria to qualify, but I don't know. I feel like you know it when you see it. And it's um, important to note that like everyone has a different definition of perfect in their head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. and that's uh, that's why I love film so much because all just moving images to synchronize sound <laughs> we yeah, we can yeah. be so motion passionate. pictures right yeah and we can be so passionate you know i i think they're yeah i mean i think this of all art but art's a miracle you know Agreed. So, i really think jaws an incredible incredible film but i gotta ask when did you first become like a horror fan early early on i was younger than i should have been watching old older horror movies they weren't old at the time but as a kid growing up we had hbo which meant we had you know access to uncensored anything including horror movies and i i remember when i was probably i couldn't have been more than eight i was probably seven for a nightmare on elm street was on and the original my brother and i who's two years older than me were watching it and you know my dad had a very passive 
parenting style that particular night, which was, guys, you probably shouldn't watch it. It's going to scare you tonight. You're not going to be able to fall asleep. And we, we assured him, no, 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 we're fine. We were mesmerized by this movie. Yeah, it was scary, but we needed to watch it. Yeah. And so we did. And I remember we used to, at the time we shared a bedroom, we had bunk beds and we were laying in bed after, you know, we finished watching the movie that night. And we were terrified that like Freddy Krueger was in our closet. And we, my dad was right. We couldn't sleep. It, <laughs> it scared the crap out of us. So yeah, Freddy was my first true horror love, Freddy Krueger. And then also um, Jason wasn't too far behind. I remember at the time, a lot of the um, Friday the 13th were on Showtime. Because back in the day, you had HBO and Showtime. Those were like the two big premium movie channels. Mm. And um my one friend had Showtime and he taped the the uh, Friday the 13th movies and we would watch those. I remember he would like tape them. They'd be on it, you know, whatever, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, He would tape it. And then the next morning I would go over and we would rewatch it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was probably seven when I first got into horror. The first movie I ever snuck into was A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. Oh, nice. The Dream Child, which... I think I was 1988, I want to say. And I snuck into I, that. I bought a ticket. I was with my my brother and his friend who was a little bit older than than both of us. And we we went to the theater. We knew we were going to have to sneak in. So we bought tickets to Weekend at Bernie's, which in retrospect probably was the better film. And I should have stayed <laughs> and just watched that. But we bought tickets to that, snuck into Nightmare on Elm Street and watched that. Yeah, man, that started in, in the, I don't know, mid to late 80s. That's awesome. I only ever snuck into one one movie. Um, so I know my mom listens to this podcast. So skip ahead a minute or two. <laughs> but um, I've only ever I've only ever uh, snuck into one movie, and I didn't buy a different ticket. I just kind of acted like it's so funny. Uh, me and my friend, because my friends were seniors in high school at the time. I was only a sophomore, and we wanted to go see this movie called Baybreakers. It's like a vampire movie came out in 2009 or 2010. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sam Neill, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe. Like, it's actually a really good cast. And I remember the the cover to it. Yeah. Like, it's kind of gray and yellowish or gray and orange colors. I remember that. I remember there was a lot of blues in the movie, but that was also kind of the style at the time, too. (laughs) But but yeah. I remember specifically Sam Neill because my favorite movie is Jurassic Park. So I remember everything I see Sam Neill in. But yeah, I remember specifically my friends were like, we're just going to buy four tickets and we're going to sneak in like you're one of us and nothing's going to be a problem. And the girl who was working at the box office, she knew us and she knew I wasn't old enough. So she just kind of looked at us and then just let us go through. Yeah, she was a homie. And then we watched <laughs> this. I remember we watched this movie and it was really good. It was much gorier than a lot of stuff I seen at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And there was a big jump scare and I spilt my popcorn. <laughs> but yeah, that was the only movie I ever snuck. I've snuck other people. I've snuck other people into movies, but I myself have only snuck into uh, one movie. <laughs> um the other the other one a few years later i snuck into terminator 2 oh that might be a perfect movie by the way yeah yeah um, I, I don't know if it's perfect because it does have that lull there at, you know kind of sort of in the middle where they go to the desert for a mm-hmm. minute i think it drags just a tiny bit 
So maybe it's not quite perfect, but best action movie ever. That movie is so good. It's one of my favorites. I don't like it as much as Jaws, but almost. <laughs> oh, I love I I love the Terminator, the Terminator, um, the first two Terminator movies, I should say. Yeah, let's just stop there, right? I don't hate the Christian Bale one. Yeah, that was interesting because they did something different. Also, yeah. um, I didn't think Terminator 3 was that terrible, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't remember it at all. So I didn't and I didn't see I didn't see the one with um Amelia Clark. I didn't even bother. Um Genesis. It was yeah. I'm not kidding. You go from a nearly perfect movie to Genesis, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was atrociously bad. I, I when I honestly, was a kid mm -hmm. when I was a kid, we had a snow day. Uh, or maybe it was, I don't know, some kind of day in the in the winter. For some reason, we were off. So my mom wanted to take my brother and I to the movies. And there was nothing to see, really. So we went and we saw the Nutcracker. I enjoyed the Nutcracker better than I enjoyed Terminator Genesis. <laughs> and, and people were walking out. Of, like, I think people went to the Nutcracker thinking it was going to be, you know, like something other than a, just a musical with no dialogue whatsoever. So I remember, like, seeing moms and their children walking out of the theater because it was like <laughs> like what did what did we buy tickets for um, right because like after you know 45 minutes or something you're like i don't think this is like a movie <laughs> that's hilarious. it was better than genesis but it, it is funny though it is funny because i think it's funny that i think jaws and terminator have the distinction of being franchises with two of the best movies ever made and two of the Absolutely. worst because Jaws of um, Revenge. That is funny, yeah. I, yeah. Full disclosure, I actually really like Jaws of Revenge. It's a, it's trash. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> being into it as a kid because it was, you know, that was around the time that I was first getting into, um, into horror movies. And don't forget, when I was growing up, because I'm, I'm a bit older than you, Austin. When mm -hmm. I was growing up in the '80s, the that stuff was marketed to me. It was. Mm. horror movies and things like that and r-rated action movies were absolutely marketed to kids like me you know we had i had rambo action figures i had yeah. um robocop you know, Chuck norris robocop terminator 2 mm -hmm. became you know a, a franchise with action figures and but jaws the revenge i don't think it was called jaws the revenge i think it was just called jaws the video game on the nintendo entertainment system the original nes yeah. we had that game and um it was it was like kind of a decent game if i remember correctly you know for a, an old 8-bit video game but um yeah I, I i rather liked jaws when i was when i was that age jaws 4 i mean you know i was horrified with the beginning that they that they killed sean brody and uh, i don't know I don't know, but uh, I, I don't I don't particularly think it's aged well unless you're watching it to just sort of make fun of it, kind of like Batman and Robin or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like so bad, it's good. Right. And like, I still find enjoyment in Jaws of Revenge. Mm -hmm. The reason why I think it's a very bad movie is because it's trying to be a Jaws movie. And Jaws, I just hold on a pedestal. If it if it did if it was literally just a what? shark movie, didn't have Jaws or the Brody characters, it'd be an average mm -hmm. shark movie for me. I've seen some bad shark movies. Um, <laughs> well, there's I mean, there's basically been, in my opinion, one good one 
one passable one that's Jaws 2, mm-hmm. and the rest. <laughs> and uh, not that I've seen them all, but I've seen enough. It, although, getting back to my horror origin story, oh yes, um, yeah. I told you about Freddy Krueger. The truth is, my first horror movie might be Jaws 3 in 3D. My mom decided it would be a good idea to bring four-year-old me, <laughs> maybe three years old, maybe three years old, to Jaws 3 in 3D. And I remember like kneeling on the floor with my face buried in the seat because I was too terrified to look. And I I only remembered like two things. I remember seeing at one point all the fish kind of swimming and they felt like they were in the audience. And then I remembered at some point there must've been some kind of water leak. And I remember seeing the, the water felt like it was, you know, in the theater. And um, that was kind of scarring that movie, but I would rank the Jaws movies one, two, four, three. I think three is the worst. And I think four okay. gets the unfair distinction as the worst, but I don't think it is. I think three is significantly worse than four. I like three. I don't think it's good. I don't want to be, I don't want anyone to be, he thinks three is good. I do not. But I think why Wait, I like do you three like, do you more like than four. Than? I do, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But I, I think it's because it has that whole sea world environment. But Mm -hmm. the thing, here's the thing. There's such a gap between Jaws 2 (laughs) and the other two. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you can flip a coin. Like, honestly, like, I think you can flip a coin. And uh, (laughs) if someone thinks four is better than three or three is better than four, I'm just like, regardless, there's such a huge gap between those two and the second one. And honestly, I think there's Mm -hmm. a bigger gap between the second one and the first one. That first You're, Jaws yeah, movie actually, is so that, good. I agree with that totally. It's, but, it's so good. And I actually, I don't think Jaws 2 is bad at all. I don't think it's great. I can see why a lot of people don't like that movie. But at the same time, I've rewatched it a couple times. I'd rather go back to Jaws 2 than the other ones. Yeah. Well, Jaws 2 is almost a slasher. Yeah. It, it fits all the criteria of a slasher, right? Right. And they, it, just, they just needed to kill a few more teens than they did. <laughs> I think they really, they understood they can't recreate Jaws. So what can we do to, I think their thought process was, how can we make the same movie, but really go for broke this time? Because like you have that mm-hmm. awesome sequence with the shark chasing the skis and then the shark brings down a helicopter. Yeah, brings down a helicopter at some point. And then there's that really fun Easter egg of the orca with the bite taken out of it and i think the mm-hmm. film orca had a great white shark with the bite taken out of it mm-hmm. um, so i enjoy that little uh not rivalry but that little like kind of back and forth between the rival film series i don't know if there was ever mm-hmm. an orca too though <laughs> i don't know if there was either yeah i don't know i like orca i i don't think you can talk about jaws without talking about the jaws ripoffs that came out immediately after. <laughs> what what year did Orca come out? I think that was 78. So it's three years after the OG. I'm actually going to look that. I'm going to look that up because I pulled that out of my ass. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. I think that's about the, the right wheelhouse. It's 77. Ah, oh, I was close. Okay. Yeah. I was close, though. It's been a long time, and I've only seen it once. I probably saw it when I was 12 or something, so Mm -hmm. maybe even younger, so I really don't remember it, but uh, I was 
I was just recently um, watching some shark video on YouTube, and they were saying about Jaws. How how big is the shark in Jaws? Let's let's test your Jaws knowledge. How long is he? It's twenty five. Three tons of him. <laughs> yep, twenty five feet. Because Richard Dreyfus says when he sees Jaws for the first time, how big did Richard Dreyfus say he was? He's like, that's a 20-footer. That's right. That's a 20-footer. According to this YouTube video with this shark expert, even that's not correct. They said like the biggest great white sharks that there are are like 17 feet. So to 20s, you know, it's really kind of pushing it. But like mm-hmm. 25 is just, you know, let's make believe land. Still doesn't bother me. I love oh, it doesn't bother me. Badass. I have a friend actually successfully convinced because of that successful, successfully convinced me that Jaws is a science fiction film because there's a lot of science in Jaws and a lot of that science is fictional science. I think we all have I mean, like this inner bias that sci-fi has to be in space. Space. Yeah. But right. biology is a science. <laughs> Very, so. Yes. I think that, that's a, that's a very valid point. <laughs> no, I think that's, and you know, just because we haven't discovered a 25 great white shark yet doesn't mean that it can't happen. I mean, the ocean's I huge. agree. It's very big. Yep. Well, yeah. Why Why couldn't it be the biggest great white that, you know, has ever been recorded that's kind of terrorizing this town? That, that's cool. I mean, I want it to be that. I don't want it to be an average size great right. white. Right. Exactly. I want the whole thing to be fantastical. Let me ask you this, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched, not watched. Have you read the Peter Benchley novel, Jaws? I don't think I have. I it's really don't think being, so. Being a, a Jaws fan like you, it it's definitely worth your time. It's it's a quick read. It was written by Peter Benchley, who I believe had some kind of nautical background or marine mm. life background. Like he, that was kind of his wheelhouse. So that's why he wrote, you know, about the shark. Because he had written other books that are kind of, had something to do with the ocean or something. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but what what's really fascinating about it is, and this is why you'll like it, is because you're not going to feel like you're just reading the movie. Because the book came before the film. Right. You know, it's got Chief Brody, it's got uh, Hooper, it's got Quint. But they're very different characters from who they are in the in the movie, particularly Hooper. I don't want to spoil it because uh, it's kind of the whole point to kind of discovering what's yeah. different about the book, but the characters aren't as likable. And the book is nowhere near as good as the movie, but it's still very good. And it's very interesting. I'll give you one little detail that, that's particularly different. When they go looking for the shark, their outings are, you know, they go out during the day and then they come back. They go out and mm-hmm. come back and they go out and come back. I don't remember how many times, more, more than a couple, I think. So it wasn't like they went out and they were out at sea for a day or two. Or what, I don't know how long it is in the movie, about two days. I think so. It's it's relatively quick. Yeah. If I remember when correctly. When I was a kid, I remembered it being much longer, mm-hmm. but I think they only have the one night on the boat, right? They probably leave in the morning and then they, uh, you know, they're chum in the water. They have, you know, they put some barrels in them and then they go to bed. And then the next day, that's when all hell kind of breaks loose. There might be two nights. So my I, guess is about, I don't think, I think it's one two or nights. two nights. I'm trying no, to remember well, because. Yeah, only one night. It's when, when Quint tells the story of the Indianapolis. 
I don't know why I think there's a night before that one. I I just saw I, I know I, I saw it a few months it's ago. Like the Mandela effect. But but no, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm Mandela affecting myself because <laughs> I have seen it mm-hmm. recently. I think I'm just rearranging scenes in my head because I um. Why are we talking about like who can? <laughs> like it's such a great movie, but we're hung up on like how many nights were they? At sea? We just want we just want the movie to be longer. <laughs> I think that's it. That's another thing. Another almost Mandela effect thing. Mm-hmm. I just watched it recently. I try to watch it every 4th of July. So oh, that's yeah, what I did too. this year. Actually, I not this year. I watched it the weekend of the 4th of July. Instead, for the 4th of July, I went and saw the new Indiana Jones movie. I know better now. But um, <laughs> yeah, Jaws, even up until the most recent time I saw it, I thought it was longer. I felt like it was longer than it is. But it's not. It's mm-hmm. tight. It's, tight. it's so tight. Yeah. It's, again, it's everything it needs to be no fat. Well, I was going to say, I the last time I saw it was in April. Because tr- I'm the same as you. I try and watch it every 4th of July as well. But this year, I was kind of chilling with the fam. And we were doing a double feature of I Know What You Did Last Summer in Jaws, which that's actually mm-hmm. a really good double feature. But I, I left a little early in Jaws, so I don't count mm. it as watching it. Because I, I had to go. I had to go do something. I can't remember what. Why is I Know What You Did and Jaws a good double feature? What makes that a good double feature? Oh, I'm so excited. All right. So they're both 4th of July movies. Oh, is it? Okay. I've only mm-hmm. seen it once back when it first came out. Okay. That's, okay. I gotcha. And they're both, and I know what you did last summer, like it's the fisherman with the hook. So there's both fisherman iconography. They're both on the ocean. The climaxes are out at sea. Man, it and, has been a long yeah. time since I saw that movie. How, is it good still? Does it hold up? I think so. I really enjoyed yeah. it. It's important to remember it's like one of the first of the post-Scream wannabe Scream movies. Yeah, yeah. It's nowhere near as good as Scream, but I yeah. think it's much better than the other Scream wannabes. Mm-hmm. I think it holds up. I don't think it's one of the greats. I think it's one of the goods. But it's one I, I'll watch. That's cool. I'll watch once or twice a year. I like that movie. I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. Totally. But it, it ain't Scream. <laughs> not much is but uh right but yeah that's that's a i kind of want to go back and rewatch that because it's been so long i'm sure but it's a good time pair it with jaws i mean jaws is the greatest movie ever but at the same time it's like i i think that's a fun pairing you know like yeah, there are certain like movies I like that it. i think go well with each other I, I always thought jaws and alien was a good double feature well i think i told you this in detroit yeah I've never, I've never seen Alien. You got to check that out at some point. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I got, I got peer pressured in Indianapolis from more than a couple people to watch The Shining. I had never seen that either. Those were, those were my okay. two big blind spots. Yeah. In, in as far as like horror movies go, so I did watch The Shining this weekend on Friday night. I, I put it on, so I, I finally have crossed that off of my list. So now I'm, I'm down to just alien and and i'm sure i'll check it out before the end of the year i'll get to it i love my tangents i have to ask what did you think of the shining i liked it i didn't Mm -hmm. love it it's an interesting fan okay i was more i was more interested once the the ending happened and then i was like wait a minute hold on and i was trying to really understand what that photograph meant exactly at the end i still don't 
know if I understand it. Like I've looked up on the internet interpretations and everything, and I'm not like I don't know what Kubrick himself has said about it. I feel like a lot of it's just conjecture. This is what people think it might have meant. I don't oh, yeah. know if I like movies to be that ambiguous. Like I, I'm, I think I need something a little more tangible or direct yeah. to be satisfied. And you know, the directing style I appreciate. Kubrick has a style and he has a certain way of doing things. And I think he built tension pretty well. Um, but in general, like I, I couldn't help but think, man, if this was made by like a different director, like let's say a Hitchcock or something, I yeah. think it would have been a better movie, but that's, that's just like my opinion, man. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I respect the shiny. It is one of the greats. I can't argue that it's not my favorite. I uh I don't revisit it as much as other Stephen King movies. Like I said, I respect it. I respect the hell of the iconography. Once mm-hmm. you see The Shining, you see The Shining in every horror movie after. <laughs> and what was really fascinating to me was how I'm not sure I can think of another movie really where the setting is a character the way that that movie makes that hotel a character. Yeah, I don't think I really don't think there's many not like not like the shining at least you got to check out you got to check out this movie it's called doctor sleep it's oh the sequel yeah i love doctor sleep which is funny i'm not okay. a big i'm not bi- i like the shining um i have some shining stuff but like when it comes to stephen king adaptations i'm not sure it's mm-hmm. in my top 10 i i might have some pitchforks mm. and torches coming for me now saying that we might need to <laughs> We might need to do a, a Stephen King episode. If you want to have me back sometime, we could do oh, Stephen yeah. King um, ad- adaptations because, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'd rank that one. But And, I, and I'm a big I'm a big Stephen King fan, but I kind of un- I understand what he means where it's like he thinks it's a pretty picture, but he doesn't like what Stanley Kubrick did with his story. And I, I understand. Oh, that. I didn't know that. OK, interesting. Um, so Stephen King is on the I think I like the shiny more than Stephen King does. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. I had no idea. But like I like the shiny. I love Dr. Sleep. So I think that's one you should check out. I will. I'll take your recommendation. And then and then before we get back to Jaws, I'm just going to tell you what my favorite Stephen King adaptation is. And then you can tell me yours. Give it to me. Mine okay. is Christine. Oh, it's a good one. I love Christine. That's a really good one. And it's like, it's my favorite Stephen King adaptation. It's also my favorite John Carpenter movie. Is it really? Yeah. And people are like, what about Halloween or The Thing? I'm like, honestly, those are both in like my top 10 or top 12 favorite horror movies of all time. Like, I love Halloween and Mm -hmm. The Thing. I just love, Mm -hmm. love, love Christine. I don't know. I watched it a few years ago for the first time. And it just became one of my favorite movies just like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, boy, see, you're making me want to revisit a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of want to revisit Christina, but um, boy, favorite favorite Stephen King. I reserve the right to change this if I think of something. Oh, hell but I'm yeah. gonna say the, yeah. the the Green Mile is probably oh, the, the best one. Love that movie. I like it better than Shawshank Redemption. Like, boy, was that just a heavy ending that really yeah. made me feel something at the end. So well done. So yeah, I'd probably say the Green Mile, but if you want to talk scary stuff, man, I think that it the first it oh Tim Curry movie was 
No, 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 not not the not the oh the first movie the, the first movie. Film. I'm sorry. Oh, that yeah, yeah, that's one hell of a movie. Whatever, 2017 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that was 2017. Um, boy, was that good! It I was. really liked that. Bill Skarsgård is so good in that role. I agree. I agree. And I think I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think a lot of people went into that, myself included, went into that movie being like, okay, no one can outdo Tim Curry. Why are we even here? And then Mm -hmm. walking out being like, no one can outdo Tim Curry, but Bill Skarsgård can match. And they're completely different Pennywises. Yet they're both iconic and amazing. I love it. Right. I don't know if it's a clown thing, but like, you know, I've seen some really iconic versions of the Joker too. You know, mm-hmm. maybe nobody oh, can yeah. outdo Jack Nicholson, but Heath Ledger gave a really cool performance that was every bit as good, just in a different way. And, you know, Mark Hamill on yeah. the animated side of things really brings it for the Joker. And so, yeah, like, I, I don't know if one's ever better than the other necessarily, but I love the different interpretations these, you know, these artists really bring to it. I think that's awesome. Oh, I 100%. agree and it might be a clown thing because like people people are listening like okay they haven't talked about jaws in like 15 fucking minutes uh whatever it's fine but um like art the clown is the big horror guy at the moment (laughs) who is art the clown's like the big horror icon at the moment oh art the clown yeah totally yeah totally he's he's the new he's the new a-list slasher really or is he he, i don't know maybe he's not a list i don't know if he's Um, a list but he's he is the icon of the of right now at least of the 21st century i feel has there been an icon this century in the genre like um so i think none has a really cool distinct look but i think the nun has a case up there i think you can make the case for her but i don't know um the thing with Art the Clown is he's huge amongst the horror community, but he might still be too yeah. niche for mainstream. I don't know. He was on the news, Terrifier 2, making people puke and vomit and faint. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, that, so that did, it, like, Terrifier 2 was on the news. It's hard to say because, like, Michael Myers made a comeback. Ghostface is obviously reigning um, supreme. Predator made a comeback. Yeah, they just keep, right, but it's all, all properties from the 70s. 70- or 80s uh jigsaw jigsaws of the 2000s i think yeah, it's art the that's clown true. that's probably it art the clown yep. and jigsaw yep. and if you want it it depends on if you count bill skarsgård's pennywise as his own thing i think so i mean going to I, these conventions and stuff i've yeah. seen too many like t-shirts and tattoos and things of pennywise to kind of not give him kind of a list celeb status in the horror genre and it's like it's one of those things where it's like to me, Tim Curry Pennywise and Bill Skarsgård Pennywise are both icons in their own right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I would, so I'd say if I had to put in my ballot of the top three horror icons of the of the current century, as of right now, I think it would for me it'd be Jigsaw, Pennywise, and Art the Clown. Yeah, I would probably say that too. Because I wouldn't count Unless Michael we're totally. No, like no, to me, Michael's a holdover, whereas Bill Skarsgård's yeah. Pennywise feels new and fresh. Agreed, I agree. So that's kind of my my thought process on it. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, speaking of characters like Michael Myers, Art the Clown and Ghostface and Jaws, these are all some of some pieces that you've done already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted... I've, I've tried to illustrate some of my favorite movies. That's usually what inspires me to draw them. And uh, everyone listening, obviously, this is a audio only podcast, but Matt seriously has some of the best pieces of art I've seen. It's funny because I'm saying art and I was just talking about art, the clown. So my brain's kind of like going back and forth. And you made art of art. <laughs> I did. I recently too, actually, that, that was my newest piece. And I had seen, I did a convention here in Pittsburgh where I live and I noticed a ton of t-shirts with this clown on it. And I knew it was from Terrifier, but I knew what Terrifier was enough to recognize the clown and the logo. Mm -hmm. But I was like, boy, there must be something to this because there's a lot of people wearing that clown t-shirt. So after that convention, I, I watched the first movie and I was in love with it. And then I think the very next night I watched the second one and I was like, oh, I got to draw a poster of this. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Just on a whim, I watched both movies this past weekend. I mean, I've seen them both before, but it just felt yeah. like a weekend where I wanted to watch the Terrifier movies. So I did. Love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, those are great. And it's funny because this past weekend was that National Cinema Day where movie theaters across the nation had movie tickets for four bucks and there's a bunch of movies out bunch of movies oh i should have told you <laughs> but there's a bunch of movies out right now and you know what i do i go and i buy a ticket to go see jurassic park for like the 1000th time <laughs> i saw that was that was playing this weekend yeah at like a cinemark i, I noticed and I kind of wanted to go, but it was like one showtime only and I couldn't make it. So I went at like it was one of those lazy Sundays and I didn't yeah. I just went to the 940 a.m. show because I was up and not doing anything. And I'm like, I just nice. why wait till later? I'm just going to go watch it now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You still have your whole day ahead of you at that point. Exactly. So I use that to watch Terrifier too. <laughs> I, so so you watched on Sunday, you watched mm -hmm. Jurassic Park, Terrifier 1, Terrifier 2. No, no. I watched um, Terrifier 1 Friday night. Okay. I watched Jurassic Park in the morning on Sunday, um, Terrifier 2 in the afternoon. I took a awesome nap. So I was wide awake <laughs> at like 9.30 p.m. And mm -hmm. I just went back to the movie theaters at 10.15 p.m. to go see that last voyage of the Demeter. What'd you think of that? I saw that when I was in Indianapolis. I thought it was fine. I respect the ambition. I just think it's super hard to make a Dracula movie where you're trying to make Dracula mysterious. And I thought it took itself a little too seriously at times. But I loved the characters. I really enjoyed the story. And I was invested in what happened. It's funny. I was invested in the characters where I knew their fates. <laughs> yes. Can we, I mean, are we are we in spoiler territory? Can we spoil it on your podcast? It's kind of um, new. It is kind of new. Um, spoiler alert for The Last Voyage of the Demeter. So if you haven't seen it, um, skip ahead a few minutes. What did you think of the main character? Were, were you, did you like the main character? Yeah, I thought he was all right. He, he was too perfect to me. He was flawless. I don't know. I thought he was kind of arrogant. I thought that was his flaw. But yeah, 
okay, I'll give you that. That okay, that's fair. So that was one aspect I didn't like of him, and the other one was the end when you're like, oh, I see what they're doing here. They make him Van Helsing. Yeah, I Van Helsing didn't i didn't realize that at all in my defense it was x it was 12 30 when that movie was ending for me so it was the 19th movie you saw that day we'll give you a pass (laughs) that does make sense that does make sense i didn't think about that i didn't make that connection And, and if you if you're thinking about it all the things that he does leading up to it like yeah. the blood transfusions on the boat. Well, that, that that's what Van Helsing did. I don't know if he does Yo, the book. Right. I never read the book, but like in like the the horror of Dracula, Peter Cushing is doing the blood yeah. transfusion with the same hand pump thing. And like you start to see these are all things Van Helsing does. And then of course, like at the end, he's in London. He's now hunting Dracula. He he's sup- supplanted Van Helsing, I think. And I'm like. I mean, isn't that the whole point of that story that there's no survivors on that boat and now, you know, he's a survivor. So that was the part that really got me. Like, I didn't like that character because I, I thought that mm-hmm. he was too perfect. But like you said, his arrogance maybe was a flaw, which when you have a flawed character, that makes you more human, uh, right. more relatable. And, and like, you know, I make the comparison when I was a kid, I used to watch like Steven Seagal movies. Uh, mm. Don't ask me why, but I did. And... <laughs> I would find myself rooting for the bad guys every time because I couldn't stand how Steven Seagal never faced a challenge. Right. And it was like everything that he did, he he was like, he couldn't, there, there was no opposition to what he wanted to do. There was no overcoming, you know, uh, any kind of hardships. And in a way, that's what this character kind of reminded me of. Like he was always right always smarter than everyone else he was a seasoned seaman he was a he was a a doctor he was like i don't know an astronomer he was all these things and then at the very very end oh he was always right everybody was wrong and he was always you know right he was the most noble of them all and then at the very end on top of it all he was a great illustrator and i was like (laughs) all these things Every one of them, <laughs> like there's, there's nothing wrong with this guy. So well, I had a I really hard time rooting for him. And I, I get again, it's yeah. one of those things. I think we talked about before we recorded. Like, man, I want to root for these things. I want to, I want yeah. like. Otherwise, I kind of loved the movie with the ending and the main character being two relatively major issues that I had. Atmospherically, it was awesome. Visually, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I thought it was scary. You know, like mm-hmm. I thought it did a great job of building dread. Um, I thought before... it did a great job of not pulling its punches either. Like it was violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever a vampire would be exposed to sunlight, the way that that, that was yeah, killed them. Gnarly. Was at, like that was the coolest vampire dying by sunlight I've ever seen cinematically. I do have to say about the main character, because I had a I had a little bit of a different reading of him because when I was watching it, I got the feeling like he was presenting himself as like, and he did have skills in like astronomy and doctors, doctor shit, and obviously illustrating at the very end for no reason. Well, no, he was but, he was a perfect portrait artist, and he did it based on memory. Yeah. He didn't have her That's, sitting there for him to draw. Like he just drew her perfectly based on you know being on a boat with her for for two yeah. weeks. Yeah, but like throughout the movie. He would say a lot of stuff 
and he'd present himself as correct and right. But then like the Bulgarian girl and then like the one guy with the long hair, the the he was steering the ship at one point. I forget their names. They're like, hey, there's something evil on here. There's like, you know, a demon. And he just refused to believe until way too late. So I think I think it was just one of those things where, yes, he's very skilled at a lot of those things, but that causes him to be arrogant. His knowledge has closed his mind. I like that you're telling me this because it will help me go back, give it another try, yeah. be open-minded and and hopefully enjoy it like I want to. And like I, I mostly did enjoy it. And a lot of times of I think it yeah. does well. And a lot of times I like movies far more on the second watch than I do the first. Yeah. The first time I have my own preconceived mo- notion of what I want the film to be. And then the second time I'm watch- I watch it, I'm actually watching it for what it is. I totally understand what you mean. If I'm being honest, it was nowhere near Jurassic Park <laughs> in terms of movies I watched that day. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I but mean, most most not, movies aren't. <laughs> no, not not every movie is Jurassic Park. But you know what? I appreciate that. I think the movie bombed. I think it did terribly, which is really unfortunate. I feel like nobody knew it was a Dracula movie. It, you know, it wasn't marketed as that really at all. Right. Um, and he doesn't look really like Dracula in any kind of traditional sense, you know, the way people know him. So right. I feel like in the little bits that you see in the trailers, like it was up to the marketing team to let people know this is like, this is a page or a chapter right out of Dracula. Like this is cool stuff. Yeah. I think they could have done a really cool job of like saying, this is the spookiest chapter in the Dracula novel, which they do at the beginning of the movie, but they don't right. do it in the marketing materials. So there's that. And then I think that horror movies like kind of as period pieces aren't usually super successful. I mean, this takes place in the late 1800s and, you know, it feels even older than that. It Um, does. Yeah. It could be the, you know, like the early 1800s for all I know, you know, with them on the, on the ship and everything, but I'm going to check it out again. I, I really will. I was kind of hoping that at some point Universal could get their act together and um, figure out how to do some of these classic characters in a not even in a modern way, but like give me you know give me a new a new version of a Dracula or Frankenstein or whatever. I mean, it's been a long time I think since any of this stuff has been tackled. And you know, I know that Francis Ford Coppola made a, a very impressive Dracula movie. I love it. I think it's great. But it was thirty years ago and. You know, the the source material is what's truly classic here. And it's yeah. like, you should be allowed to, to, you know, have various interpretations over the years. I would love to to see a, another Dracula. And, and I don't know, maybe they were planning on doing that with this, The Last Voyage of the Demeter being sort of the launch pad for it. But like I said, it's unfortunate. I think... I think the movie did terribly, so I don't I don't think they're going to make more of them. Well, I know they wanted to have that Tom Cruise mummy movie be the launch pad for and we yeah, we know how that went. But like, I really enjoyed the new Invisible Man. I thought that was, I didn't see it. I thought that's a, I think that's a really good movie. Definitely check that out. OK, which should I watch first, Renfield or Invisible Man? The Invisible Man, in my opinion, the Invisible Man's a much better movie. But Renfield's okay. a perfect, I had a long day at work. I just want to sit down and relax type of movie. Okay. okay. So it depends got on it. what mood you're in. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And I got to say, I don't hate the 2010 
remake of The Wolfman. Oh, with Benicio del Toro. Yeah, I, I did not see that one either. Um, I think I've defended that on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I do think I do think Universal got to get their shit together in a lot of ways. But in one way is to just figure out what the fuck they're doing with their monsters. First off, they need to, you know, pay their writers and actors. But after after that, they got to figure out what because that's a that can be a premier brand if they stop fucking it up. Well, I mean, it begs the question, is there an audience for classic monsters? Are modern audiences interested in classic monsters? Um, No matter how you slice it, like, I I don't I don't know. I I mean, unless you lose the essence of what these characters and what you know those original films were about i worry that like a modern audience just they they don't want that they want scream they want michael myers they want terrifier well i think and you know evidence evidence points to well last voyage of the demeter is not making a lot of money I don't think renfield did terribly well either i don't think so either and the Invisible Man got kneecapped because it came out and then pandemic. Okay. So because the Invisible Man got really good reviews, but it got it came out in yeah. February of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if it whatever money it was going to make, it obviously couldn't. But I do I think there is an audience. They just have to find the ink the thing. The thing why I think there's optimism is these characters have been around for almost 100 years. Some of them have been around for 100 years. Mm -hmm. They're still making Dracula movies and they will two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Obviously, the Invisible Man is doing well, considering Frankenstein. That's the interesting one. They don't really touch Frankenstein. I think they'll touch the Wolfman again before they touch Frankenstein. But I think. I think if you're able to make a good Frankenstein movie, then you launch the others with him. And then we also have to consider when do we start adding classic Universal monsters? Because Universal um, has made some more some monsters, and and I'm leading us directly back to Jaws. I I think Jaws might be a classic at this point, <laughs> and he is a Universal old, right? monsters. Yeah, are approaching uh, approaching fifty. Came out in seventy five. Yeah, approaching 50. <laughs> yeah, that's bonkers. Um, well, I mean, a lot of people don't even consider Jaws a, a horror movie. Um, okay, or some I, don't, will... I don't consider those people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, I... <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, I'll see it referred to just as just a monster movie and not exactly a horror movie. I bought an issue of Horror Hound magazine probably about, mm-hmm. I don't know, five, six years ago. And Jaws was on the cover and, and there was an article that made a a really good case that, you know, it's a horror movie. I don't really remember yeah. the details on exactly why, but really ever since then, I was kind of in the definitive camp of like, no, it's a horror movie. Oh, yeah. I uh, I don't take people seriously when they try and say it's not because yeah. in my mind, it's like, OK, you don't know what horror is. Well, I'm just sorry, because like, like it, it has yeah. just because it has good acting and a really good story doesn't mean it can't be a horror movie it's, it's like i mean there's so many subgenres of horror movies right like right slashers it is a monster movie 
and yeah. but that that qualifies it as as a the overarching umbrella horror so i think it's a horror yeah. movie and horror is very very the thing with horror is it it can be so loosely defined that yeah. it umbrellas to a lot of different things i think a lot of people just say well if it's horror then it's scary and i mm-hmm. do not like that definition cuz scary is subjective if you say well it's not scary therefore it's not a horror movie then what's to stop someone from being like okay then friday the 13th is not horror that is 100% a horror movie but if someone don't find miss Voorhees scary what do you you know what i mean like i i know exactly what you're saying yeah i i think monster like monster movie is one of the definitive horror genres in addition to like slasher or uh, demonic but you know what well, i mean right like, zombie movies zombie um, yeah yeah i i get it and i agree i mean it's it's definitely one of the tent poles of the genre but what defines what what makes a a horror movie i don't know you just kind of know <laughs> i don't know yeah you just kind of know, know and can... jaws has it <laughs> yeah right if if the movie stops an entire generation of people from swimming and in, in the beaches dude i still don't like going in the ocean any further yeah. than like my shins like i live in I michigan mean, i live by the lakes and people be like oh i hope jaws isn't it this is a lake <laughs> yeah yeah jaws is 100 percent. i i have no patience for people trying to say otherwise i don't okay and all right good i i, I we're on the same that. we're on the same team yeah it's funny because my favorite movie of all time is and will always be jurassic park Mm-hmm. That is one where I get the argument two and four. I mean, four and against. That one I can have a nuanced conversation with. Jaws, I can't. Um, <laughs> Jaws, you're either with me or you're against me. Jurassic Park, yeah, I can kind of. Because um, it's, I mean, it can be genre bending. I mean, yeah, it's a little and that's bit the horror, it's that a little one. bit adventure. Yeah. It's definitely sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. And but I think it has enough horror elements where it's like if I see Jurassic Park at Horror Hound, I don't blink twice. Yeah, well, Velociraptors um, are scary. You know, it's, it's it's interesting that you say that because um fairly recently I've decided I got to do a Jurassic Park poster because I'm trying to do these posters that feel like they're going to like I'll be able to sell some. <laughs> that's like Well, I, I'm you know, first in line. That's a big goal. <laughs> I'm first in line, and so gira- <laughs> Well, what I've noticed is I feel like for a long time we were like, you couldn't go wrong if you, if you did stuff from the eighties, but I feel, mm-hmm. feel like we're a little bit getting out of that. And now we're into the nineties a bit, Yeah, which would explain why, you know, my screen poster is my bestseller. And I feel like right now we're in that kind of early to mid nineties sort of window. And I feel like Jurassic Park would be really solid to do it. And I have kind of a cool idea for it, but uh, I have some other things I have to finish up first. But it's... well, you already you already know that you're at least selling one. <laughs> I'll at least sell one. Um, yeah. Well, I told um, you what my next one is, right? Didn't I tell you what I'm working on now? I'm. Tr- uh, I may have told. I feel like I told you when I, I saw you. I gotta try and remember. Because I remember, I remember, I was trying to. I was one of the people trying to get you to do Alien. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
that you were trying to do that when we talked in Detroit. Then when we yeah, yeah, yeah. saw each other again three weeks later. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. I had since started. I, think, I know you have. I know you told me. I know you told me, but oh I'll, my I'll give God. you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It's um we were already talking about these types of characters tonight. Is it clowns? Yeah. Is it it? Nope. Oh fuck. <laughs> clowns. You already did terrifier. Killer clowns from outer space? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a ton of love for that movie lately. It's it's really gotten a huge boost in popularity for whatever reason. Um, I know it's not the 90s, like I was just saying, but it, it does seem like one of those things where I'm, I like to gauge the t-shirt volume at these conventions. Yeah. Like I'm seeing a ton of Terrifier. I'm seeing a ton of Killer Clowns shirts. And um, and then on top of that, I just feel like with kind of the style that I draw in, that it it's going to translate really well. So it, it's it's been started. I have an, an incredibly aggressive deadline to try to get it done for my next convention in a couple weeks. But it has to be done, they tell me, by Friday. Today's Tuesday. It has to be done by Friday. Oh, wow. In order to have it printed and delivered for me to have it for... My next convention is in Erie, Pennsylvania, for the Erie Comic Con. How far away do you live from Erie? I don't know. Um, I'm Detroit area. I'm not sure I know where Erie is. Erie's like I, obviously I know it's in uh, the very Pennsylvania. Oh, is it by the very lake? top of the state? Yes, yeah, it's, it's right on Lake Erie. So that's the city of Erie is right there. Oh, then it's probably a couple hours away because I'll have to drive through Ohio. You would have to go through Ohio, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's worth a three-hour drive. It might be worth a couple hours. I don't know. Um, it's a Comic-Con, though, so it's not real horror-centric. But, gotcha. um, you know, there's some stuff. You know, John yeah. Russo has, has gone several times. I don't know why him and I don't just carpool at this point since, uh, <laughs> <Going> <laughs> since we live in the same city. Yeah, I think that's exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. I got to say, you do that, buy one, get one. Um, sale. I think you're going to have a lot of Jurassic Park and Jaws pairings. You know, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I've got I, basically what it's going to come down to, too, though, is what whatever I feel like is my strongest idea that I can produce the quickest, because that's kind yeah. of always the hardest part is just coming up with a concept on these things, because you know, I'm not a portrait artist, mm -hmm. which I feel like is a incredible skill that i don't have but i'm not suggesting they have it easy portrait artists because i look at these artists at conventions and i'm like oh my god how do they do that how how yeah. does it look that good but all they have to do sounds so dismissive all they have to do is they just <laughs> have to reproduce what they see in a photograph what what i struggle with i don't know if i struggle with it i guess i struggle with it. it's the hardest part i think what i do it's coming up with a concept behind what I do. And that can take the longest. It's just sketching until the concept finally works. And I thought I could bang out Killer Clowns quickly mm -hmm. um, because it, it was a relatively simple concept that I think was going to look cool. Plus I thought with the, my style, like in the colors that are in that movie would just kind of make sense. But as I've started working on them, I'm like, man, these characters are kind of not the easiest to draw because they're so wonky and weird looking um <laughs> yeah 
and I'm drawing multiple, you know, right. I'm drawing, I think there's five of them I have on the poster. So I'm like, uh, this might've been a little more than I can chew off to get done in time. So we'll see. I'm, be I'm sending you, I'm sending you the good vibes though. I'm sending you the positive energy. Uh, thanks man. You got this. I got, I believe in you. And, uh, but I have to, add, and I'm sorry. The second you start talking Jurassic with me, I can't get my mind off it. I got. Oh, it's ask, all good. Is that a Jurassic Park shirt, by the way? It's. It, this is actually Godzilla. <laughs> is it Godzilla? I couldn't tell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see it it's, now. Uh, yeah, it's like the the King of the Monsters Godzilla. But I yeah. I have a bunch of Jurassic Park shit. A bunch of Jurassic Park shirts too. But I I have to add because you're tell, talking about the Killer Clowns poster and how there's like a bunch of you know the clowns. I don't want too many spoilies, but could you tell me for the Jurassic in your head, the concept, is it multiple dinosaurs? Or are you focusing on one? I guess I would say I'm focusing on one, but it's not even, you only see a part of it. Okay, cool. Okay. At least that's in my head. I reserve the right to completely change it. I've been oh, yeah. to do that. Oh yeah. Where no, I, 100%. I start sketching it and it it's just not working. Which is, you know, I had a teacher in college that likened coming up with concepts to like almost like digging for a treasure. Or dinosaur bones. Or dinosaur bones in this case, right? (laughs) Sometimes you might be digging in the wrong place and you're never going to get that treasure or bones no matter how deep you dig. Sometimes you have to stop and start a new hole. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to do that with these illustrations that I do. Um, The last one that I did, the terrifier one, that one was my initial concept was I I wanted it to be from the point of view of the girl to get sawed in half. So I wanted art to be upside down in the, in the picture, but I showed it to a few friends and they were like, well, I don't understand. Why is it upside down? Like they didn't, they just thought I drew it upside down. They weren't understanding mm-hmm. that you were seeing it almost like looking up at, at him from a certain perspective, which ultimately didn't make sense because I still wanted him to like basically be sawing her. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't, it didn't work. Even though I invested a lot of time trying to get the angle right and everything and the perspective, it wasn't the right concept. So I went yeah. back to the drawing board and I think ultimately what I came up with works you know? Oh yeah. Um, it's definitely striking. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. If I, you know, so if I start my Jurassic Park poster and it's just not working, you know, so sometimes the best solution is the simplest one. Um, and, and I have a tendency to try to outsmart myself conceptually sometimes. And hopefully I can, you know, as I do more of these, I, I avoid that, that trap. But it's kind of cool to come up with stuff. I, I was talking with a friend of mine today, and I've been I've been fiddling with a you know the movie Zodiac, the the oh yeah, yeah yeah movie, excellent um, film. Yeah, it's great. It's one of my favorites, and I'm also a really big true crime fan. And I, I have a Zodiac poster sketched, but it, it just conceptually it just wasn't quite coming together. It just kind of it was it was almost like a collage style yeah you know like there wasn't a concept to really 
bring it together. But a friend of mine said, Hey, what about this today? And I was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. It finally feels like it, it, it could work. So I think I'm going to try what he suggested. And that might be a, a little bit of a fast track. So like I said, whatever ideas are working is kind of what I have to do just so that way I can keep moving. I 100% get that. Cause I, I feel like sometimes I do that with um screenplays I'm trying to write. Like it's just not yeah. coming together. And then I just like, I start at a different point in the story and it flows so much better. So I, yeah, yeah that's good advice to anyone listening and whatever you're doing, really. Sometimes you just have to start over from a different angle and it just all falls into place, mm-hmm. so to speak. <clears throat> right. Um, right. Like I you think, can't, sometimes yeah. you can't will it. Right. You know? Like sometimes you just might be in the wrong spot no matter what. And you're going to have to, it's okay. Like, yeah, you put a lot of time into it, but you know, it's at the very, very least you, you learn something from it. You know, it's not wasted time either. Cause you learn something. Exactly. So. It's funny. I think we did my show backwards today. Cause normally the show has like the more generic career based stuff in the beginning. Then we talk about the main topic today. We just had, we dove right into Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> and I then mean, we started we all of the where's you just get so ex, we just get so excited with jaws so but uh i do gotta ask you find yourself in the ocean you're on the orca it's just you and jaws <laughs> wait, what wait, do you wait, die wait, wait. am, I, am oh. I on the sinking am i on a sinking orca am i on just the mast i Is think falling you know sinking into the water or am i on orca day one I think you're Orca Day One by yourself. Do I die? No, of course not, because I've seen Jaws and I know that I'm gonna quit playing with this with this shark and I'm gonna go get a bigger boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know how it works. I'd be one step ahead of you. I wouldn't even come back. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, right. Yeah. Well, that's somebody else's problem, not mine. Uh no, i if I was in a situation with Jaws, I'd probably die somehow. Probably something dumb. I'd probably be the kid on the probably be the kid on the raft. <laughs> no, th- look, the reason why you know they they ran into trouble the way they did was because of Quint's hubris and obsession. Right. You don't have that baggage. You're not going in with <laughs> like you know a horror story from World War II. Like you're a little bit more rational thinking. Um, you know, like they got into that into the trouble because of his history. You don't have that. You're not going to have the same problem. If I die, it'll be be because I want to recreate the behind the scenes picture of Steven Spielberg sitting in the in the, in in the, the jaws. Yeah, in the yeah. You, you know the one. You know the one. That mm-hmm. that'll be my death. Is I'm just trying to recreate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's fair. <laughs> Those are my favorite type of pictures, though. Like that are um. There's a really great picture of Steven Spielberg with the. He he's just like hanging out underneath the jaws of the T-Rex. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've seen um, that one. It might be from the second movie. Okay. But I, I remember that one distinct. And there's like the famous one of him and the Triceratops. But that that's why you make monster movies is to take pictures with your with your creatures, <laughs> which I don't know if Jurassic Park's like a true monster movie, but it's definitely a creature feature. Mm, I don't know. That T-Rex scene. That T-Rex scene on the paddock or whatever it's called. And you know what? They're uh, mo- 
they're monsters. Those are genetically yeah. engineered abominations. <laughs> that's yeah, that's technically that's true. Yeah. And don't tell me that the uh what was it, the Dilaposaurus with the, the rattlers. Yeah. The oh um, yeah. Tell me that's not a monster movie. Come on. <laughs> no, it one hundred percent is a monster movie. And a horror movie. Yeah. It might not be it might not be quote unquote scary. I'm thinking of the kid um, in the beginning of the movie. This is like, that's not very scary to uh, Sam Neill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that I mean, the same kid in, was that the same kid? Was that the dream child from Nightmare That is the dream Park? child, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's one of my favorite fun facts, is the dream child would later give sass to Dr. Alan Grant. <laughs> I wonder what's up with that kid now. I have no clue, but this is, this has been fun. I could talk Jaws and Jurassic Park and slasher movies and clown and Stephen King adaptations and Dracula, uh, the universal monster. I think we ran the whole gambit. Yeah. I we don't, didn't do ghosts. I, I apologize. I haven't watched. <laughs> we didn't do ghosts. Yeah. We didn't talk about ghosts. Well, Barely no, talked about didn't. zombies. Yeah. I'd love to, to chat more. I mean, I, I feel oh, yeah, like we're man. only scratching the surface anyway. Oh, we really, um, we really. And who knows? Are. By by the time we talk again, I'll have seen Alien. I'll <laughs> yes. seen Renfield. I've seen Invisible Man. Who knows? So, Alien might be your next pick. You might love well it so much. Be. You might love it so much. <laughs> um, I gotta say about Alien, that is a slower paced movie, but it's a relentless slow pace. I heard that it's not that far off from what they did in the Final Voyage of the Demeter. No, honestly, actually, those are pretty similar movies yeah. in terms of like Good. structure. Yeah, I see. I, I can see that comparison. I mean, I think that sounds great. I I am sure that I'm going to love it. I know I'm going to love that movie. I, I just, really I do. Feel think like I've been it's, waiting. Yeah. I feel like I've been because I know that it's great. I know that it's like this classic that is beloved. And I know that I'm going to love it too so i'm i'm kind of like waiting for sort of the perfect time to, yeah. to dig in i don't know when that is maybe it'll be the hollow the spooky season that might be kind of fun to that's usually to when i on. like to visit some of my blind spots mm -hmm. like right now i think yeah. my biggest my biggest horror blind spot is the lost boys you've never seen that no i've not no <laughs> And I get that I get that reaction every time. <laughs> uh, right, right. That's what as I should. I, I need to watch it. Yeah. So next time we talk, we'll have kind of filled in some of our some of blind our blind spots. spots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got some gaps. You got some gaps, and yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you quoting Rocky? Is that what you just did? I un unintentionally, but I think I did. <laughs> but uh, where can where can people find you and your artwork? I'm on Instagram. New to social media. I tried to avoid it, but I think if you want to try to be an artist in the 21st century, you have to accept social media as a tool. It's not, it's not the devil. I've come to really like Instagram. I think it's very cool. Yeah. I'm not prepare to be underwhelmed when you do visit my Instagram because <laughs> um because uh for the last two years, but really specifically the last eight months, I've been hard at work on a completely different project that has not been officially announced yet. It's not been revealed. It's not horror, but it's very cool in my opinion. Um, 
So it looks like I haven't been busy, but I, I have been. I am hoping at some point this year they're going to announce it and you'll see it on my Instagram, but I think I'm done with it. I hope I'm done with it. I'm waiting to hear back on the latest round that I sent, but if I am, then it's, you know, it's full steam ahead on, on horror artwork. But anyway, my Instagram is at Casal Studios, C-A-S-A-L-E, Casal Studios. And uh, anything new that I do, I'm going to post there. I have not all of my posters are on there because I wanted, because I knew I didn't have a ton yet. I wanted to sort of really, really slowly kind of drop them on there. So I'm probably due to put another one on there now. But anything I do will be there. Killer Clowns will be the next the next one that makes an appearance on there. So I'd look for that possibly as early as this week. But I appreciate your good vibes from earlier, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm worried that I'm worried that it's just not going to be feasible. We'll see. But uh, yeah, hit me up there. Oh, I have an Etsy store too. I have... Um, it's the same name, Casal Studios, C-A-S-A-L-E Studios. All my posters you can get on Etsy. I also create blankets of my artwork that are not on the on the Etsy store. I, I don't know why. I, I'll have to figure it out. But uh, at some point, I'll get them on there. But if you do want a blanket of my artwork, you can certainly reach out to me, and I'll, I'll get one sent out to you. Um, they're nice blankets, though, man. They're they like, are, um, yeah. They're this like really silky kind of like micro They're not microfiber. They're more uh, fuzzy than that, but they're not yeah. overly. They've got a real smooth feel. They're not overly heavy. They're big. It'll definitely, it's a great, like, it, it, it's a very comfortable blanket. Like, I don't know about you, but when I watch a movie, I like to kind of throw a blanket on, even if yeah, I'm yeah. not cold. Um, I'm the same so way. I don't, right, yeah, but like, but so therefore you don't want it to be too heavy. Right. You want it to be just, you know, just something on. So uh, they're like really good. They're good movie wearing blankets, in my opinion. Awesome. So, yeah, everyone check those out. I'm going to have the links to that in the show notes as well. So check out Matt's work. I'm a fan. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Austin, thank you. It was such a pleasure meeting you in Detroit uh, a month ago, and, uh, and I'm glad we're friends now. And um, I absolutely look forward to doing more of these with you. Um, if, yeah. if you ever want to have me back and talk movies, I think that'd be awesome. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck with everything, buddy. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Matt for joining me talking about Jaws and for becoming one of my convention friends. Can't wait to see you at the next one, man. Don't forget to follow him. And while you're at it, please share and review this podcast. I've been working really hard to grow this little show. And while I got to say, I'm really pleased with how far this podcast has come. I really need your guys' help. Sharing and reviewing pleases the algorithm gods. And if they are pleased, then more spooky friends will find this show. And also, feel free to comment and stuff. Let me know how I'm doing. What do you guys think so far? Where do you guys want me to go? I really value your input, so please let me know how I can make this the best podcast possible. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can also now follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast. 
You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week is a groovy topic. Hail to the king, baby. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die. <laughs>